Tales of a Chicana Woman, the podcast about life experiences and adulting. Advice, tips, and insight to help you along your way. Here's your host, Emily Z. Hey, what's up? For today's episode, I will be talking about adjusting to college life. And I'm super excited to have an episode on this topic because I myself am a current college student and I want to make sure that you know about the ups and downs of college life and that you are prepared. As well, I brought a special guest that will give you some information about the resources that are available to you as you start college. Now, let's get started. Special guest, can you please introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So my name is Adrienne Montero Camacho, and I am our student outreach and support case manager, as well as the program coordinator for our Leo Food Pantry on campus. Um, I have been with the university for about a year and a half now working to support students who are um, just having a difficult time, really, uh, whether that's with their mental health or with their academics. Um, And my main role on campus is to get students connected with resources um, and also to help reduce stigma around help seeking and around mental health and those types of struggles. Miss Montero, I definitely think that there is a stigma around help seeking. Can you tell me why there is such a stigma around it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, There's a lot of reasons why stigma kind of exists, right? And it's not just on our college campus, it's society as a whole. There is um, this expectation that really we create for ourselves, which is unfortunate that we all have it together, um, that no one is struggling, that no one has difficulties with their mental health or with their well-being. And a lot of that really just centers around shame. Um, There's a lot of shame associated with struggling. There's a lot of shame around having a mental health diagnosis. Uh, Most of that, I think, is really... um, like anything else, like a lack of understanding, right? People don't fully understand mental health uh, and what comes with that. And because of that, they either are um, scared of it and definitely when it happens to themselves, they're ashamed of it. So that's kind of a lot of what, um, a lot of where the stigma comes from. When we are talking about specifically college students, there's a few other things that get added to that. Um, I know that some students really fear judgment if they are going to seek help, whether that is from peers who might hear that they have sought resources. Um, I've heard students say that they are also ashamed of like what their mentors or faculty might think of them if they hear that they're struggling. And then also just themselves, right? The University of Laverne has a lot of first-gen students, a lot of students of color. Um, And not that they are the only students who struggle with imposter syndrome, but it's really huge in our communities. Um, Thinking that we don't belong in college, that we kind of just snuck in and no one knows that we actually got here, right? And so we're always looking to validate that we don't belong or that college isn't meant for people like us. Um, So we struggle at higher rates of seeking help because we're really trying to prove to others and prove to ourselves that we're strong enough to make it through. Um, And the perception there is that seeking help is not an act of courage or act of strength when it truly is. So a lot of breaking down that stigma is educating people about mental health and about 
normalizing college struggles and that more of us have experienced that or currently experiencing it than what we really talk about. Um, and then also just sharing um, or changing the perception that seeking help means that you're weak or that you couldn't do it on your own and really shifting gears to say, when we seek help, it's really a courageous thing to do because of the stigma and the shame um, and that that's really an act of strength and courage and not weakness. Yes, most definitely. I agree um, with what you said. And uh, being first generation myself, I even can say that I also had imposter syndrome in the beginning because you feel or I felt at the time that I was not competent enough to be at the college that I was or I was worthy of them letting me in and uh, giving me that college acceptance but I later realized that you know what I do deserve to be there I'm not just someone that fell through the cracks and they didn't notice um, but as a college student you know that's something that you do think about in the beginning and I would say that's you know one of the lows in regards to thinking about yourself in that way but sometimes it happens now, I want to ask you, from your experience working with students, what are some of the things that make it hard for students to adjust to college life? Um, I think, again, for us, because we have so many first-gen students on our campus, uh, part of it is just not knowing what they're getting into and not having supports around them who understand this transition to college. Um, and I say that knowing that for most first-gen students, our parents uh, or whoever is caring for us um, tend to be supportive, right? Tend to be loving, but they just don't know. And so how can they support us in something that they don't know? So it's nothing intentional. Um, they did their best to get us where we currently are, but that's really as far along the road as they can help us because they don't understand this new road that we're going down. Um, so I think that is definitely part of what makes um, the transition to college difficult is that we can't just ask simple questions like, I'm struggling this class, what do you think I should do? Or I, I need to talk to this professor, how do you think I should do that? I think for most of us who are first gen, we kind of, especially if we live on campus, we uh, leave school there and then we go back home to our families and then we're just that daughter or whatever role we play in the home um, but we kind of don't bring college home with us and there they tend to be two separate worlds and that makes things hard because it definitely can make first-gen students feel like when they're on campus they have to figure things out by themselves so I think that makes part of the um, transition difficult um, definitely for students who live on campus or maybe they don't live on campus but they just move closer to campus maybe on an off-campus apartment um, usually this is the first time that our students leave home and they're doing so at a really young age right 17 18 19 uh, and those already are pretty difficult transitional years and then when you take moving out of your family's home, um, lacking maybe some parental supervision, trying to adjust to creating your own class schedule. And then our, most of our students are working either one or multiple jobs. And then you add trying to have a social life on top of that. That's a lot of things to balance. And I think for the first semester, sometimes the first year, our students really struggle with that time management because it's a lot, right? College is exciting. We don't want to miss every, anything. Thing. Um, but at the same time, that can make 
juggling priorities really difficult. So I think that also makes uh, there be a struggle when students are transitioning um, to college. Now, just to follow up on that question, most of the students that you assist with adjusting to college, are they mostly on-campus students or off-campus students? Do you see that they share similar experiences in regards to the challenges they face? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought uh, that up because you are right. I do meet with students who are not on campus. Um, Some of those struggles look the same, uh, that families don't understand or that they are struggling with uh, working multiple jobs to either afford tuition or to help their families out. Um, Part of, I think, what also makes it difficult for our students who are living at home um, is that when you do live on campus, maybe your family is supportive, right? Maybe they are all these positive things. They just don't understand what college is about or they don't understand how priorities need to shift. But you get that little bit of a break when you're in your dorm room or when you're in your apartment. Um, For our students who stay living at home, they have to try to balance all of these priorities, their schoolwork, um, possibly school activities on campus, while being in close proximity to family that might not understand why their priorities should have shifted, why they don't have the time that they used to have to help the family. Um, So I've definitely seen students just struggle where their families don't understand like what, like school shouldn't be this hard, you know, or things that they say, or this should be easier for you just because there's a lack of understanding of what college can be like and how difficult it is when you're first getting started. Yeah, I would definitely say that my first year was definitely difficult because I was working and doing school and then my schedule had just shifted. It wasn't that you know, high school schedule where it's like from 8 to 3.30. Now, like my schedule is all over the place and I have to fit in school and work. So definitely, I would say my first year was difficult. And just curious, um, once the student, say, comes to you or a student is referred to you, what is the process after, you know, they come to you for help? How do you assist uh the person or student coming to you about their struggles and so forth. So once the referral comes in, whether that's from someone else or a student maybe reaching out to me directly, uh, the first thing we do is set up an initial appointment so that we can meet. And um, obviously those used to be in person and now all of that is happening on Zoom um, or phone calls if students feel more comfortable with that. But what we do in that appointment is just kind of get to know each other a little bit. So I'll share some things about myself, about the role I play on campus. Um, And then I offer up to the student to whatever extent they feel comfortable, because for most of these students, they have zero idea of who I am. Right. And I'm asking them like really personal questions. So I'll just ask them to share to whatever extent they feel comfortable um, about what's been going on, about what they've been struggling with. And so um, then a student can share with me what it is that they are at least looking for, what things they feel like are having a negative impact on their life. And then I will offer resources. Most of those are resources on campus um, because the university does have a lot of really great resources. Most of the time students just don't know that they're there or they don't know how to get connected. Um, There are definitely circumstances where students need support that either is not offered on campus or they just prefer to be off of campus for whatever reason, right? So I can also work with students 
to get them connected to off-campus community resources near their home, regardless of where it is that they live. Um, and after that, I really just allow the student to kind of decide how they want to work with me. So some students choose to maybe meet with me um, every few weeks just to do a 30-minute quick check-in to see how things are going. Most of the time, just to know that someone's thinking about them, that someone's still checking in on them and seeing how they're doing. Um, other times, students just want to touch base via email after our first meeting because it's easier with their schedule. And so I'll just continue to check in with them, see how things are going, if they need additional resources. Um, so it's pretty flexible after our initial meeting about how we'll continue to work with each other. But I tend to um, continue outreaching to students for maybe about a month or two just to see how things are going and if things are getting better. In the pandemic, because things have been so difficult, if a student has been referred, for, referred to me during this time, I've pretty much kept in contact with them for an entire semester or the entire academic year because things are so up and down for everyone while we are remote and while the pandemic is still happening. Um, so that's changed a little bit now. Students are needing more, uh, I think, constant outreach than they used to need, which is understandable. Um, but it's pretty... Uh, I think that it's pretty informal how we meet with one another and I try to make it as comfortable as possible um, because I can only help a student as much as they're willing to share with me what's going on. And I know that that isn't easy to do with someone that you're just meeting. So Ms. Montero, we got a question from a listener and I think it's a really interesting question and here it is. What are some signs that I should look at that will help me adjust to college life? Yeah, that's a great question because I think a lot of the times students who meet with me are being referred, right? Their academic advisor maybe notices something, their faculty notices something. Um, but I would definitely be meeting with more students and we would be catching those students earlier on in their struggles if a student were to just come to me themselves. Um, so I think one way to sum it up because each student is honestly dealing with such different circumstances um, is to just notice if things that you're feeling or that you're doing are out of character. So that's kind of what we share with faculty um, and staff when they might be referring the student to me is, do you notice any kind of unusual change with the student that is, um, like maybe you don't see a reason for it and it's just happening. So that could be for a student that maybe they um, are not sleeping the way that they used to because they're so stressed or they have so much going on. Or the opposite, maybe they're noticing that they're sleeping through classes or working or missing work shifts because they just don't have the energy to get out of bed, to get their day started. Um, other red flags can be if maybe you used to manage your classes and all of your responsibilities really well, and suddenly things just seem difficult. You're missing assignments. You don't um, have the time to study or the motivation to study. Those are things that can be signaling that there are larger things happening that are starting to impact your academics or your personal life. Um, so I would just say in general, because there's so many different um, reasons a student might miss, miss uh, meet with me for, if a student kind of catches themselves saying, wow, this isn't like me and I'm not sure why these things are happening, but I know that something has changed, um, that's a student who definitely should be looking to meet with me so that we can identify early on what's going on, what's changing, uh, what's going in your, on in your life that maybe has been difficult and how can we help support you through that as a university. We got another question from a listener and here it is. 
What are some resources that I can use that will help me academically and personally in college? Um, so first, regarding mental health is our counseling and psychological services um, department. We will refer to that as CAPS. So CAPS provides therapy and psychiatry services to our students free of charge. Uh, and that's across the board, regardless of what type of student you are, what program you're in. Financially, that gets difficult to support students in because resources are limited, right? There's only so much that we can do. It's, so it's really hard when students have struggles that we um, really need to get creative about to try to support them in. But throughout the pandemic, we have actually had um, two different funds, like these emergency funds come through for students. One of them is for any currently enrolled Laverne student. Another one that just rolled out a few weeks ago um, is specifically for our traditional undergraduate students, because that has been led by um, ASULV. Those are funds that can be provided to students during this difficult time of COVID um, that are just grants. So there's no expectation for these to be um, um, paid back, which has been really nice for our students to be able to provide them this emergency financial support without any strings attached or interest that they have to worry about coming down the line in the future. Something that is tied to financial difficulty is the Leo Food Pantry on campus as well. Because if finances are tight, we want students to be able to use that money elsewhere where we can't really provide support for them. So if we can take over providing them meals, if we can get them a bag from the food pantry, um, and then they can divert some of their funding they would have spent on groceries elsewhere, then that's a success for us because a student can make ends meet in a different way. Thank you, Ms. Montero. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's so important. Uh, the questions that you are asking, right, were really thoughtful. And I hope that students um, find your podcast wherever it lives, because I think they can really benefit from um, hearing about these resources and hearing that even myself, uh, that I'm here on campus, right? I think that... Um, Every student, and I could be biased because I'm our case manager, but I think that every student could just have one meeting with a case manager, um, just maybe their first semester with us, just so they can already know about the resources and know where to go for help instead of waiting till they're like at the end of their rope until they feel like they can't go on anymore. And then they're scrambling to find somebody. And um, so I think all, knowing about these resources beforehand and maybe having a conversation with someone where you can talk about the shame that's involved or the pressure that maybe you put on yourself or that others put on you as a college student. I think having those conversations early on in college can really set us up to succeed because at that point we kind of know who to connect with and maybe we have a new perspective about what reaching out for help really means. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for being here, Ms. Montero. I definitely picked up on many things that I will be using when I'm struggling and need resources, or I can reach out to you as well. Uh, that was it for today's podcast. This was episode five, Adjusting to College Life. I hope that you gained something from this episode and you know you use it to your advantage so that you can adjust well to your college life you've been listening to tales of a chicana woman with your host emily z follow tales of a chicana woman on twitter at tales of a chicana don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review thank you for listening join emily z again next week on friday, friday. this podcast was student produced at the university of laverne